Welcome to Until the Bell Rings. I'm your host, Crystal J. Miss Marks, if you've ever taken my class. Here's the deal. I'm for inclusive and equitable education. That's it, because all students deserve it. Today, Coach E and I are gonna talk about what's going on in the world as it pertains to belonging, or lack thereof, chat about the college application process because it's that time of year, and I'm gonna give you an update on what's going on in the De La Salle world. Keep listening because y'all, while it's way too soon to call it progress, change is happening in the hallowed hallways of my high school. All right, welcome back. Coach E, how you doing? I'm doing great, how are you? I'm good, it's been a long time. Schedule's not matching up. Just a little while, just a little. So I I know a lot has happened actually since the last time we met. So I thought we'd kind of talk about, you know, what's going on in the world. All right. All right. Then I've got some DLS news for you. Ooh. And um, yeah, we'll just go from there. So I just have a list here in no particular order, but I will say that this is the most recent thing. So, you know, um, after the protest about gun laws in Tennessee, um, the Republican-led House in Tennessee decided to, uh, or voted to expel two of the Democratic lawmakers who were a part of that pro- uh, process. Um, the interesting thing, if you want to call it interesting, is that there were actually three uh, representatives up for expulsion. However, the third one was not expelled. She was a white woman. It's like I knew the punchline was coming and then you deliver it and it's everything I, I hoped. <laughs> I knew it would be. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I think what like really kills me here is that, you know, people will argue that race has nothing to do with it. <laughs> and it's like, you just can't even... Gloria Johnson was her name. She said herself, like, it could have something to do with race. Like, let's be real, right? What really irritated me too, though, is because I wanted to make sure I had their names. I went to, the article I read was from CNN, and they never called the two Black, or the two Black Democrat representatives by their names. Like, they called, they said Representative Gloria Johnson, great, but uh, at one point they referred to Jones, which was a last name, and Pearson, which was a last name, but in the article never said their full names. Hmm. And I just have like, I, it just seems like the easiest and like quickest way to kind of dismiss somebody as a human is just to not even say their name. Like right. it really annoys me. I think about, um, there was a parent that wrote a letter to De La Salle about, you know, my situation and when the school responded, um, they didn't even say my name in the response. It was like, you know, we cannot talk about teachers, you know, formally in our employ or something like that. When it's like, okay, but I'm also a former student. I'm in the Sports Hall of Fame. And like, if it's convenient for you, you'll acknowledge me. Yeah, by you'll name. throw my name out then. Yeah, you'll throw it out there. So <laughs> anyway, it just really hit a nerve. But I disagree with that too because we we all we all know who you're talking about. So yes. just say okay, yeah, that's what you're trying thing. to do. I know I know her. <laughs> well, it was kind of like after um George Floyd was murdered, and I asked the school if they were gonna make a statement 
And it was really more for me because I wanted to know where they stood on it, if I'm being honest. Right. But, and they did. I'll give it to them. But like the first draft, they didn't even say his name. I was like, bro, you didn't even say his name in here. Come on. Right. Like, so let's let's do better. Right. Um, to their credit, they fixed it. So that's great. But anyway, moving on. What else has gone on? Florida. You know, there's always something going on. In- <sighs> What's happening in Florida? Um, well, <laughs> a bill was proposed that would ban uh, discussing periods before sixth grade. Which means um, if uh, I think the representative was asked, so if little girls experience their menstrual cycle in fifth grade or fourth grade, will that prohibit conversations from them since they are in a grade lower than sixth grade? And the response was it would like, that's okay. So like, uh, what does that do to the school nurse? Like she's not supposed to help or say or do anything or. Because that would fall under her thing too, right? Here's a band-aid for your boo-boo, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) That band-aid ain't gonna do nothing. I've never seen a band-aid like this before. Well, here you go. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, Also, um, it might be a felony if you have an undocumented immigrant in your home or car. I think I did hear about that one. Yeah. And I think that, I think that one's dumb too. I mean, these are all just like <laughs> dumb news of the day. Like I don't know, but I just I think it's going to hurt a lot more people than they they think that's going to hurt. Probably more unlikely themselves, whoever made that law. But um, okay, and kind of a little coup de gras right now is um, removing all black sororities and fraternities, Latinx sororities and fraternities, uh, as well as gender studies, feminist studies, and Jewish studies from colleges so let's just isolate everyone anymore and 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 indoctrinate us more with your culture and history and all of that but we can't have any pride or (laughs) representation of our own well yeah and you say that word like indoctrination because I feel like people are so quick to throw it out you want to indoctrinate them with your liberal views or whatever right I think that there is a difference between providing all the information and letting a person choose versus not giving them access to information that could possibly make them feel a different way or think or believe. So that's really irritating. Um, Then you have, my God. It's so quick to put that label on it. Like you said, like y'all been doing it for like hundreds of years and like we we so-called been woke for the last i'll give us five maybe ten and now it's indoctrinating but what y'all been doing for the last hundred hundred plus uh and like the term woke like it's so horrible a like right now my favorite thing is like when they're calling people out on what does woke mean and nobody can describe it because then it kind of exposes you but also like woke is essentially like taking other people's perspectives and experiences into account, being aware that there are other experiences. Like how has that gotten such a negative connotation? Negative connotation, exactly. It's crazy. And then my guy, Tucker Carlson, you know that I don't understand why he's on TV, but, um, and this was a little bit ago, you know, Silicon Valley had the whole fail there with the banking system. And, 
Tucker's take was the Obama administration imposed diversity, equity, and inclusion standards on the entire financial sector. And that's one of the main reasons our banks are now increasingly incompetent. So who's getting blamed for? I'm just someone from like eight years ago. <laughs> like, someone what, from eight years ago. But also the idea that people running a bank couldn't be competent if they were um, hiring from an inclusive standpoint. Um, with that said, only 35% of executives in Silicon Valley are minorities. So like you can't blame minority. Right. <laughs> you just can't. Um, anyway, yeah, so all that's going on, but the De La Salle news. You said so, you have an update. What's going on? I do have an update. So I got an email because, you know, I'm a former student. So I get these emails about what's going on in the school. I'm always wary of, and I don't even, this isn't even just about De La Salle. This is all businesses. When you get these emails where like you have to click before you actually get the news, like click, click here for some really important news. Cause I always feel like you don't want people to read this because if you did, you would just put it in the email. But anyway, right. so they sent out a letter and the principal is not going to be principal next year. Oh my. Okay. Now little context in Catholic schools, you're supposed to have a Catholic principal and she's not Catholic. Um, Full disclosure, I don't actually agree with that rule. So I never, you know, even in my doubting like leadership of a diverse group of people, I never felt like it was fair to say like she's not even Catholic because I don't necessarily agree with that rule. Right. But um, for me, I think that if those are the rules and you would have followed them, a lot of things could have been avoided. That's what I'm well, saying. and if if those are the rules, then why did she get the job in the first place? So if you remember, uh, yeah, back yeah. back story. Let's get back. The president of the school. Um, Mm -hmm. left abruptly. And so the principal became president and the assistant principal became principal. So that's how she got in that position. And then COVID happened. Um, So just- They wasn't about to make no big changes. Yeah, you're not making changes right now. You're just trying to keep your doors open, which I- She should have had an interim title, it sounds like, put in front of her name. No, it was at first. Um, But I- Anyway, we won't even get into all that. <laughs> However, another principal has been appointed. Um, nice guy. I've met him before. He is a part of the LaSallean community. He was principal at another LaSallean school. That's all good. My issue is, back to what I said before, how are we ever going to get people of color in administration if you're reaching out to the white people you know? Because there was no job posting even for like internally for the teachers to throw their hat in the ring. There was nothing. Right. The teachers found out five minutes before this letter went out to the rest of the community. We've already have our guy and we're, we're, this is who we're going with. Right. So, you know, I think it was last season that I wrote that, um, the episode, some white guy where it's just like, 
it's always it always seems to be like some white guy that they know to Mm -hmm. put in the spot and then um the principal is moving over to dean of academics even though there already is one of those so i don't know how that's going to work out um my understanding is that he'll still have a role in administration but to me it sounds like okay well you've got some money in administration maybe that role should be dei right it just sounds like you have a position available right like Mm -hmm. You have a new principal coming in, principal's going over to Dean of Academics. That person needs another role. That's another role in administration. You've got you've got that space there. This would be a really good time to put in a director of you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion and belonging. So just throwing that out there. That's an idea. I think that could happen. Um, yeah, I think there's always a little bit of um, cloudiness around like just some of the decisions that are made in administration. Like, um, I would say I agree with you on the hiring. Like you don't find out until basically they already have who they're going to pick. Yeah. And it's like, even if it was just for show, interview some people, bring in some people. Pretend. Oh, that's all I have. You know, like, come on. Like, just make me feel like you're considering somebody. Yes. Like, even if I know it's just an act, let's let's put in enough respect to pretend like you're weighing your options right? Um, because there is such danger in going with who you're, who, you know, who you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So I think that that. Well, and then everybody sees that and it's like, so what's the point? Like, do I really have a chance for growth here? If that was my goal, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't, I don't know that I ever see myself trying to move up the administration chain at the school that I'm at. I just don't know that I want that for me. Okay. But if I did want that for me, like, what's my path? Yeah. Um, Do I have to go get in with the in crowd and you know what I mean? Be that person and smiling at the jokes and yeah. Or, or is my work that I do in my classroom going to be enough to get me there? And when you kind of hire people behind closed doors, how am I supposed to feel confident that, you know, like you're, you're seeing me and everything that I'm doing. I don't know. It's that's always. Oh, no, because the speech that was made again, I still talk to a lot of faculty there uh, when they did this was like when you talk about do I have a chance or like is my work being seen? The speech that was made is that like the principal is the hardest or the job where you have to work the hardest and the president is the most stressful. Hmm. So, you know, I think that that. Says a lot about how you see teachers and their role and (laughs) what what they contribute. Um, But also, I also think it's a disservice to the incoming principal, because like I said, he's a nice guy. He's all about the LaSallean values, which is great. Although, you know, my experience with trying to talk to people about what happened in the context of LaSallean values with the district has not gone well or at all, because they didn't want to have a conversation. but, you know, from what I know, he's all about the LaSalle values, which would be very good. He's probably very good at his job. But I also think, like, you just come in like, great, another person, another white man just put in there. And you just already feel that way. And even if he's great right. at his job, and I, I hope that he will be and wonderful for the school, it just leaves you, like, with a bad taste in your mouth. Right. Sucks. Um, but, yeah. But, you know, me, I'm always hoping that De La Salle is getting better and doing the things that they need to do to be a better place for all of the students on campus. So 
we're just, you know, we hope that that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit about college because it's that time of year, right? Students are getting into colleges and applying or getting their acceptance letters and or rejection letters. I feel like I have to say it because it's true. Well, that too. Um, our athletes are signing next week. Ooh, any fun schools? I shouldn't say that. They're all worthwhile, guys. Any school you get to, great. We have a wide range of schools that our kids are are going to athletics-wise. We have some um, junior colleges, um, even community colleges that have sports teams at them, and then all the way to, like, your um, Rice, your Alabama, your, like, big schools um, that some of our athletes are going to. So, um, I think last signing day, we probably had about 15 kids sign. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what, what, what we have in the gym, um, coming up next week. Are there going to be any volleyball players in there? Um, all of our seniors are already signed and committed. They did the, the last, um, signing day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so for this class, we're done. I don't think we'll have our next year seniors sign until like the fall. Right. Awesome. Well, since we're talking about student athletes, um, how much does your school help the student athletes in terms of the college process or getting recruited or, um, or like as a coach, how do you handle that? So uh, once you kind of can tell that there's an interest for it and that the kid has the talent for it, um, we're when we when they come in as freshmen, we all have to get them input into this thing called core course GPA. And what that does is that just tracks their classes and makes sure that they're on the right track credit wise and grade wise to be able to get into some into the some of the schools. Uh-huh. Um, so we start tracking that in as a freshman year. You know, our kids are really active in club sports as well. That also helps them to be seen. Um, and then usually around sophomore, junior year, we just kind of have a conversation like, what what are your goals? What are you trying to do? You know, what's more important for you? Is the school more important for you? Or is playing the sport more important for you? Because you might could get into this college over here, but you can't play sports over there. So right. what do you want to do? And we just kind of narrow it down. Um, some kids are just talented that the offers are coming to them, you know, because of their club, because of how they perform throughout the school year. Some kids, we got to go out and work a little harder. So here, let's get on huddle. Let's put you some, you know, film together. Let's put you some, you know, highlight reels or just sinful games out to a lot of schools. Um, and one of the cool things is like one, especially with smaller schools, once you've gotten a couple kids in to a smaller school, um, like we have two of our former teammates playing at um, St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of creates a pipeline. For yeah, that. you have like a relationship uh, with that. Look and see like, hey, who else she got, you know? And so a lot of our kids have been able to go that way. So we just kind of narrow it down. Like, where can we go? Let's send some film. Let's talk about communicating with these coaches when you can, when you can't. And just try to be there for them as a support. Um, but what we really want to see as coaches is that they are like, Hey coach, I need to do, you know, they're taking the initiative and it's not all I'm trying to get you in college. So it's kind of like when they're, 
younger, freshman, sophomore, you find out if they're at least interested. Right. Maybe they learn a little bit about the process, but when the time comes, like they, as much as you support them, that Mm -hmm. they have to also um, take some initiative. Yeah, take the initiative. So one of my concerns when I first got to Dolisal was the first um, like fall sports meeting that I Mm -hmm. set it on. And I remember the athletic director at the time saying, um, it is not de La Salle's job to get your child a scholarship to college. Now, no, it is not your job to make someone good enough to play in college because that's <laughs> not always possible. Right. However, if they are good enough, it is absolutely your job right. to help them do that um, for a number of reasons. A, you're a college preparatory school. You are preparing the kids for college. Right. If that athlete <laughs> is going to play sports in college. That is part of the process. Um, there are so many students who don't know and parents who don't know about the college application process. process. And right. Especially when you're an athlete, because that is different. Um, that would need the help. Um, but also the number of black football players and black basketball players that you have, to me, that's like washing your hands of them up front. Mm -hmm. Like, so that on the back end, when you didn't put in the energy to do it, to do it, we we told you like, this is not our job. So you know, I, I struggle. I, I know that there's a line because the initiative is important, right? Like if you can't take the initiative um, as a student, once you're a junior or a senior, then it's like, how serious are you really about playing? Right. Cause right. if you want to do it, you'll show, you'll show that you want to do it. Um, so that was always a concern of mine. Another thing that was concerning to me is, um, you know, where we're encouraging our students to go to school. Mm-hmm. I did not go to an HBCU and neither did you. Right. Um, why didn't, like, what made you choose uh, PWI versus HBCU? Um, so my decision was primarily sports-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a, you know, high school volleyball player, basketball player, even did track for a little bit. And I, we, did AAU um, basketball in the summer. So I just kind of knew, like I had the grades, I had like a a three, eight or something. Um, And so, but I knew I was going to school to play sports. And so I was really kind of just paying attention what scholarship opportunities came in. I had a lot of smaller schools offer me. um, And then I had an AI school offer me. And so I decided to go with them. um, And that's where I played I didn't have any HBCUs offer me. <laughs> so I like, would have considered, considered it. I would have considered it for sure because, especially in my area, the HBCUs are um, big. They're Division One, so I would have definitely considered it. You know, right. over the NAI that I did pick. So, um, but that didn't happen for me. So I I chose the school I went to, and luckily that had former teammates from high school that were on that team. Um, it worked out perfect for me and my situation, but we always kind of wondered what that experience would have been like. Well, I find it so interesting. So full disclosure, when I graduated from high school, 
there was not going to be, um, like I didn't consider going to an HBCU. I think that um, my thought process was just that, you know, the whole world is made up of different races, different kinds of people. And so it was important that college um, kind of reflect that, like it's supposed to prepare me for the real world. But had someone shown me the statistics, let me in on the success rate of students who attend HBCUs, i.e. while only 9% of Black students attend HBCUs, 70% of Black doctors, 80% of Black judges, 40% of Black engineers, and 50% of Black lawyers all attended HBCUs, I at least would have thought about it. I hate that the information isn't readily available and that some college counselors don't even take it into consideration. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, one year at De La Salle, a Black student got into Dartmouth and the college counselor could not believe that he chose North Carolina A&T. And he's thriving, by the way. So um, yeah, that's all very interesting and something to think about. And we could go on and on about this, but I know that you've got some stuff to do and I've got some stuff to do today, but I did want to touch base because it's been a while. So um, let's pick up the conversation next time, unless anything else you want to share. No, I'm good. You're good? All right. Fun Fun talk catching up with you and uh, seeing what's going on in the the crazy world we live in. (laughs) It is truly, yeah. There's so many other things like maybe next time. Let me not even get started. I'll bring some stuff for you too. I, I got yeah. something I've been wanting to throw at you as well. Ooh, I look forward to that. All right. We'll see you next time. Before I go, I want to point out that between the time Coach E and I recorded this and the time you actually got to hear it, Justin Jones was reinstated. See, I don't care what people in a position of power say to stall your efforts and make themselves feel better about their lack of progress. Change actually can happen fast. So keep fighting the good fight and don't be afraid to talk about the hard stuff and remember to include others. I'm Crystal J, also known as Miss Marks, and thank you for listening to Until the Bell Rings.